more than a pleasure to have one of my favorite senators, actually. He may not know this. And um, I was delighted. The other day, I saw a great tweet from him. I retweeted it. And then he followed me on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, Senator's uh, paying attention. And then I followed him back. More than a pleasure to have in the House. Senator Dick Durbin, he is a Democrat from uh, Springfield and the 47th U.S. Senator from the great state of Illinois, where I spent four great years in Chicago in my career. He is the state senior senator, and uh, he's part of the Illinois bipartisan congressional delegation. He also serves as the assistant Democratic leader, the second highest ranking position among the Senate Democrats, known as the minority whip. Uh, He's been elected to this position leadership post by his Democratic colleagues every two years since 2005. More than a pleasure to have with us somebody who served our nation greatly and continues to do so, Senator Dick Durbin. Senator Durbin, thank you for joining us, and good afternoon, sir. I always remember what Morris Udall used to say after those flowery introductions. Well, it's all true. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the kind words, Leslie. Oh, well, thank you, Senator, and thank you for uh, following me on Twitter. Uh, You made me blush, so I'm I'm glad to have you with us. Um, uh, Speaking of tweets, uh, this was a a tweet from you after last night's failed vote. Quote, tonight the Senate turned its back on the overwhelming majority of Americans who support common sense gun violence legislation, and you hashtag enough. Senator, I hope you, and I think you're a big boy and you can handle this. On Facebook, I just saw somebody uh, post 50 people died and over 50 senators didn't give a blank. Um, I I want you uh, to speak to this failure of uh, the Senate to advance uh, gun violence amendments. Um, We just had uh, Bob Nayon. I know you're familiar with him. uh, Briefly, he works for a news service now, former Republican congressional member. And he said, if not after this, then what? Some people, myself included, were thinking that after Sandy Hook. Uh, Senator Durbin is any advance uh, with amendments on gun violence uh, doomed to failure unless we change the composite and the majority in both the House and the Senate? Well, what happened last night was uh, disappointing, but not discouraging. It wasn't discouraging because I remember where we were seven days ago. We're standing around uh, talking, Democratic senators saying, you, all we're going to get is a moment of silence. That's all that comes out of Orlando uh, and Newtown, Connecticut. That's just not right. And it was Chris Murphy who came to me and said, I'm going to hold the floor, and we're going to try to force some votes on this issue. That's how it started. That was last week, Wednesday. He takes the floor, and you know what happened? It went on and on. And I have the greatest respect for Chris Murphy and his bladder. He went through (laughs) 15 hours of standing there by his desk. Forty Democratic senators showed up to support him uh, at various times. I stuck around until 1 in the morning. All of us determined. get a vote, and we got it. Now, the outcome wasn't what we wanted, but not surprising. But what happened in the process, you've already pointed to, we're in a new era here. It's an era of tweets and Facebook, and it's an era that I think is going to change this conversation. It's going to engage more people. They're going to feel, my daughter, you know, out of nowhere in Brooklyn, New York, says, Dad, are you in on the filibuster? <laughs> this instantly and you watch the board light up from the tweets across America and even beyond I think momentum is building and I think the Republicans are in such an indefensible position 90% of the American people agree with the basic premise should we make it harder for a suspected terrorist to get his hands on an assault weapon why of course we should and that's all we're trying to do and that I think is a good start for this conversation 
Senator Durbin, you said, quote, after September 11th, our country vowed that we would never again allow Americans to be slaughtered by terrorists like that. So we changed the law. We tightened security at our airports to prevent that kind of attack from happening again. And tonight, the Senate, referring to last night, turned its back on victims of gun violence from Orlando to San Bernardino, from Newtown to the streets of Chicago. Tonight, the Senate voted to allow suspected terrorists to continue to purchase firearms and explosives. The Senate voted against requiring background checks for gun sales, something the overwhelming majority of Americans want. Why? Because too many senators don't have the guts to stand up to the NRA, lest we slow the arms trade in America by a fraction in the naming of protecting our communities. Too many guns are getting into the hands of dangerous people, and that must change. We won't stop pushing these reforms until they do. Um, I like the hopeful uh, not stopping, but I do want people to understand because you are a senator and, and you know how things work there in Washington. It seems that even though Democrats might have, say, a union behind them or whoever, Democrats will stand up and, and, and will part ways with that organization and they don't stop backing them in the next election. Why do so many senators uh, fear the NRA? Why is the NRA almost, in a sense, more powerful than these men and women? They're organized. They're tough. They're loaded with money. Uh, and, you know, they, they keep score. I, they almost took me out one year when I was a House member. I had a, 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 an opponent that nobody ever heard of who got within four points of me. It was 19, let me see, 1994. And I look back on that and I think to myself, I'm lucky I survived. Uh, but the fact is that we're going to stand up to them and we're going to beat them. And what we've got to say to people across America is if you don't like what they stand for, stand up for somebody who's willing to take them on. Those people, it's a pretty lonely battle when they organize and come at you. But if people are supporting members of Congress in both parties who have the guts to take them on, you can beat them. I beat them that year. It's close, but I beat them. And you can beat them again. I, I just think public sentiment is moving away from them. They're taking such bizarre positions. Imagine, if you will, they won't agree with the premise, which we say if you're on a suspect terrorist list, you should not have easy access to firearms, let alone assault weapons. I mean, that's so obvious. Did you... You must have read about this poor young woman who was in that Pulse nightclub in Orlando. She turns on the Snapchat video as the firing starts, and the Snapchat video goes for nine seconds before she drops it. She's shot and killed. Seventeen rounds were recorded in that nine seconds. That's what was going on on the dance floor at the Pulse nightclub. And that is unthinkable, that someone who fancies themselves as a would-be terrorist is going to have access to that kind of a weapon. I agree with you. Um, Senator, there's a lot of finger pointing from people like Donald Trump toward people on the left, uh, despite Hillary Clinton, presumptive Democratic nominee, from actually doing what he says no Democrat does, which is calling this uh, radical Islam, radical Islamist terrorism or terrorist. Uh, Senator, you know better than we do how you get laws passed and also how you have to keep fighting when you've had four measures restricting gun sales after the massacre in Orlando. Um, some would say uh, Delta setback. You say it's just a, a delay, and I, I'm, I'm not Pollyanna, but I'm going to go with you on that one. Um, it, does it matter what it's called, Senator, or does it matter how we prevent it and how we stop it, especially for the next time? Well, it makes a difference uh, how you characterize the debate. I've spent a big part of my congressional career in the House and the Senate fighting the tobacco lobby, and I was doing okay, you know, banning smoking on airplanes and things like that. Uh, with the Senator Frank Lautenberg was my partner in the effort. But I'll tell you what turned the tide. It turned the tide when we said, let's take this on as a children's issue. 
uh, and we put together an organization called Tobacco Free Kids, and off we went. Uh, inspired, I think, many of the state lawsuits and a lot of dramatic changes when it comes to tobacco products in America. So now we're, I think, at another flexion point here. We're at a point now where this conversation about guns is becoming a conversation about would-be terrorists and guns. And that, I think, is a legitimate uh, transition into an issue much harder for the NRA to deal with. Why do you think the Republicans are talking to Susan Collins about an alternative they can vote for? Because it's just hard as heck to go home to Main Street America and explain why you voted down Dianne Feinstein's effort to keep guns out of the hands of terrorists. I mean, most people say, why would you make it easier for a person to buy a gun if we think they're a suspect terrorist? So I think uh, we're going to see a change in tactics because terrorism is now legitimately part of the conversation, and we're going to see a change in our approach as we use social media to build our base. We have over 90% approval for universal background checks, over 50% approval for bringing back the assault weapons ban or banning certain types of weaponry, and that is even over 30% of Republican gun owners. Um, these numbers are staggering. Uh, Senator, aren't those uh, there, there senators, uh, you know, people in the House and the Senate concerned about their seats that might be up for grabs in November, uh, especially with uh, some of the uh, anti-Trump GOPers out there? I agree with you. I think there's going to be a fall-off in Republican votes. Uh, you can see that in how many Republicans are announcing they're not going to their own convention. Uh, and even Senator McConnell at a dinner I attended last week said to a group of business people, well, I just had a press conference yesterday, and I insisted that it be a, a Trump-free press conference. I thought, you're the number two Republican in the United States, and you don't want to discuss your presidential nominee? Uh, and it's an indication to me that there's going to be some fall-off here. And many of these Republicans ought to think twice about having been on the record of voting against Feinstein, uh, Diane Feinstein's amendment, that, that makes it tougher to, to sell firearms uh, to those suspected of terrorism. We did a, the informal polls. You know, most of us uh, trust the polls that we pay for are the ones that affect us personally. We did a poll in our office of just the telephone calls last week. Well, it turned out we had several thousand calls into all of our different Illinois offices. And the NRA was geared up, you know, on the other side, saying vote no and so forth. We still ended up 55-45 on the issue. I think it's much stronger in my state, but 55-45. But listen to this. When we got to assault weapons, it was 85-15. People are fed up with these killing machines that people are buying. They don't have any relationship whatsoever to self-defense or sporting or hunting. I mean, from where I'm sitting, they are just military weapons that shouldn't be sold. I think this is going to be another big issue soon. Uh, Senator Susan Collins, you had mentioned him, uh, her, excuse me, and a group of senators uh, led uh, by her, a Republican from uh, Maine, uh, that hoped to forge a compromise. Her plan would restrict gun purchases to a narrow group of suspects, including those on a no-fly list or a selectee list of people who would require additional screening at airports. Um, there are uh, some uh, that are Democrats that say, yeah, but this would not you know, cover people credibly suspected of involvement in terrorism, uh, that it wouldn't be covered by the weapons ban under her bill. But, of course, there were GOP people that thought this would be unconstitutional. Um, you know, again, like you said, even when Republicans call somebody up who's more of a moderate Republican like Senator Collins, um, you know, she faced an uphill battle even with those in her own party. She does. But there, 
many in our own party who trust her, like her, and want to get right on this issue. So they're trying to find a way to support it. The NRA is working overtime to stop Susan Collins. They're doing robocalls into the state of Maine against her, and they've let everybody know uh, through Senator uh, John Cornyn of Texas and others that the NRA opposes the Collins effort. Having said that, Susan Collins is respected, and she's respected in the Senate because she stuck her neck out any number of times. She's a moderate. She's conservative by nature, but she looks for solutions to problems. When we decided to reform the intelligence agencies after 9-11, it was Susan Collins and uh, Senator Lieberman who sat down and got it done. I respected them for an amazing job. And now she is really up to her uh, neck in this effort to try to come up with good language. I've been on the phone with her all day. It's a truly by partisan effort. It's a good faith effort on her part. It doesn't go as far as Dianne Feinstein's amendment, which I wish it did. But we've got to grab progress where we get it. And if we have a bipartisan group willing to help us move forward, we ought to take advantage of it. It'd be the first meaningful gun safety legislation in over 20 years in the Senate. Uh, one last thing we have. Uh, I just want to ask the senator one last thing because we have him for less than 60 seconds. I'm being greedy with time. Uh, Senator Durbin, lastly, over the weekend, uh, a man allegedly tried to kill Donald Trump trying to take an officer's gun who did not have his own gun. He was not Muslim. He was not Mexican. A Muslim ban and a wall, whether Mexico pays for it or not, would not have prevented this. Um, and uh, obviously, if he had had a gun, a legislation like this uh, could have thwarted uh, such uh, an attempt. Uh, when we see Hillary Clinton saying enough and Democrats saying these are things we can do to prevent and reduce the amount of victims of not only terrorism but gun violence in our nation – versus uh, Donald Trump, um, are you hopeful uh, that we will keep our presidency in Democratic hands in November with his not only rhetoric, but his proposals after massacres like Orlando? Yes, I, I am. I, I really believe the American people uh, want to have a solid leadership that they can trust. Uh, I don't believe uh, Mr. Trump is fit for a presidential office. Uh, I think he's demonstrated that over and over again. His dividing of America, the anti-Muslim rhetoric like ignores the obvious. It was another fellow Muslim who reported Mateen to the FBI and said, this man's saying things which are dangerous. Uh, and that man recently wrote an article explaining why he did that and why it was important to him as an American Muslim to do it. There are 3.3 million American Muslims. They are law-abiding, patriotic, good people. And for or Donald Trump to disparage immigrants to this country or people of the Muslim religion is un-American and unfair. And it doesn't move us toward our, our goal of a strong, diverse nation that cares for one another. Senator Durbin, thank you, and I'm glad that we're Twitter buddies. Uh, Senator Durbin can be followed on Twitter, speaking of, at Senator Durbin, D-U-R-B-I-N, for those that didn't know. The website is durbin.senate.gov.